podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Cop and Frackers brought to you by Touchline Media. I am your host for today, Julian, and I am joined by two, two of my front three partners. Um, we're always on pods together and we always have a good time. First of all, Mush, how are you, sir? I'm good, man, I'm good. Obviously, a bit of recovering from a bit of a heavyweight tie, so uh, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it, man. Uh, I think a lot of big things to discuss this week. Absolutely, man. A heavyweight tie where we took a couple of blows, but we came out with smiling. We came out smiling. Not too many bruises. Um, Manny could also attest to that. Manny, how are you, sir? Yeah, man, we're doing well. We're doing well. Obviously, decent weekend of results, some games. So, yeah, good to get stuck into it just now, man. Excellent. Excellent. And it's good for us to get stuck into it because, of course, the international break is over. Yes, it is over for another three months. So that means that we have a lot of club football to get into and a lot of things to talk about. And the one place we can talk about it, that is, is on the Patreon, which you guys can sign up with for, I think it's £5 a month. Just just, just, be, just to be generous to us, we've got a lot of content there. Mike and Mike, Mike, sorry, Mike and Peter yesterday um, recorded another episode of Bantics. You should be dropping. Um, we got weekend previews, um, we got post-match, post-match game reviews. We, we had a great one on Sunday, um, which you guys can catch on Patreon free um, for, for the Man City game. And yeah, we just, we just generally just try to bring you guys good content. So when you get the chance, go to uh, go to our Patreon page and tr- just subscribe. But away from us and onto the actual Liverpool team. Liverpool went to their, at the moment, we would say title rivals, uh, title ch- fellow title challengers. Um, the ops for many years, you know, they 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 brought out the Pep and Klopp graphics just to see how we go machine for machine with this team, and it was big. Twelve thirty on Saturday, um, as Touchdown Frackers say, word to this, all eyes on me, um, fixture. Um, I'm gonna go to you first, Manny. Manny, leading up to the game, how was you feeling? Yeah, do you know what? Leading up to the game, I think it's always similar with City. I think for me, it's the it's one of the most exciting games of every season, but it's also the one where you expect to suffer the most in terms of a fixture. You know, Etihad, it's the one where you expect to have less possession, you expect to be suffering at certain parts of the game. So I felt confident that we were going to do better than we did last year, which wasn't hard. Uh, but also, um, we're still a bit in two minds about whether we could win or not. Um, I think closer to the game, I got a bit more confident, feeling that potentially we could nick a win. But I think throughout the week, I was feeling draw. Um, and that's kind of how it transpired. So, yeah, I was feeling slightly positive and confident, but I still respected what City could do as well. And uh, that is that is kind of something that I echo as well, because, yeah, leading up to the game, you, you would have to, you have to, you have to measure your 
measure your excitement and your and your expectations yeah. a bit. We are going away to the team that's cleaned up five out of the four of the last five Premier League titles. Um, mm-hmm. We can't ask for too much. They've been up our main competitor for a while. So yeah, I, I echo what you said. Um, and Mush, um, international international break as well. Fresh off an international break. We know how much Klopp loves those. Um, he mentioned it in the press conference yeah. recently as well, how much he loves it as well. Um, and he, as well. Yeah, yeah, oh, he loves it, man. Like, you just can't, you just can't stop asking him about it. And you can't stop giving yeah. 12.30 fixtures. But um, considering we had three South American boys um, all the way um, to... Actually, I think four, because that includes Alisson, doesn't it? Yeah, four, uh, four yeah. South American boys away from the squad um, having to travel back and make, make some travel arrangements to fit around our fixture... How do you think? Oh, sorry. So I'm gonna ask you. How, how how was you feeling before the game? Because yeah, with with that added on as well as the tall thirty that we have to get into. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think the City Etihad game has always been complicated, right? Like you said, machine for machine. Ultimately, our, our machine never fires at, at the Etihad, man. It's, it's been, <laughs> It's been eight years since. It's been, uh, still, it's been it's, Lilan and them man were still there. Like yeah, but that, that lineup, you know, your your skirtles and that were still playing. So I mean, it's uh, it's it's been a long time. I think your point you raised about international break is a good one because if we look at the players we're going to be depending on, um, you know, your McAllisters, for example, the last time he came off an international break and played against Brighton. He had a very poor outing. So I think that was a bit of a worry for me. Um, and I think the other thing as well is that we struggled to beat City at the Etihad even when we've been at our absolute best. And and I don't think we are currently there um, because we're still developing as a team. So, yeah, I, I think it was just one of those where, for me, it was just a, a healthy question mark. Like, I wonder what kind of Liverpool are going to turn up against this this version of Man City. A healthy question mark is a great way of describing this fixture leading up to it. Because again, we a lot of people have these um, expectations of our club, um, whether it be fans or opposition fans, and this is a great tester of what what this what this team can be this season. Um and uh, yeah, again, I may, um, uh, yeah, we 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 done we done we done a pretty good job. I don't want to spoil too much, but I think we've done a decent job. Um, yeah. Looking at the, looking at the lineups now, um, I'm just going to give you our lineup first. Um, of course, Allison in goal, Trent on the right, Matip starting, Van Dijk, Shimikas on the left, a midfield three of Curtis Jones, McAllister, and Shabosley, and Diego Jota, Darwin Nunez, and Mohamed Salah up front. I'm going to come to you again, um, Mush. That line that lineup here. What was your initial thoughts when 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 we went into it? Um, the thing is, these this question is always difficult because we always speak in hindsight because we kind of talk mm. about it as if the game unfolded. But I'm just trying to think how I felt before the game. Um, I think the midfield was was expected, <clears throat> to be honest. The only choice was between Jones and Gravenberg. I think both mm-hmm. of them are, are good for different reasons. I think Jones is great when it comes to shielding and protecting the ball. And then Gravenberg is, is a kind of player who could have brought us up the pitch. So it was about... Were we going to be brave or were we going to be sensible? So I'm happy Klopp chose to be sensible. Um, obviously, left back, I'm. it's by no means a secret that I'm not Simicat's biggest fan. Uh, mm. But at the same time, it was it was just a choice between him and him and Gomez, right? And and I just mm. think right. playing a right-footed left back 
and throwing off the whole shape wasn't something worth doing. So, um, so yeah, I, I was fine with pretty much pretty much everything to be honest. I know there was a bit of discussion between whether Diaz should play as well, but it's like you said, how many how many South Americans should be starting if you've got a game you know as big as this at twelve thirty? So I'm kind of happy we kept Diaz kind of in the locker to bring on later on as well. Right, right, yeah. and and you know what? I'm looking at this team again and. I'm going to make this statement, which I don't think I've been able to make since Klopp has been here, or maybe since Man City have got their billions. But this is the first time looking at our bench that our bench was full of so much quality compared to Man City's. Like, isn't it? Yeah, fact. <laughs> I'm looking at our bench compared to City's, and City. Um, if you're if we're going to have some names that we that we know, Calvin Phillips, John Stones, Gravido. I hope I said his name right, and Rico Lewis. Uh, sorry, Radio. Sorry, uh, my apologies. Uh, Radio, Rico Lewis, and that's me kind of like scraping the barrel at this point. And it just goes to show because during the game they made no subs at all, um, which is strange. Um, yeah, I knew, looking at our, yeah, looking looking at our bitch, we had Endo. I mean, quality is quality. Diaz, <laughs> Capo, Harvey Elliott, Gravenberch, Joe Gomez, Canate, Kelleher, and Kwanza. All all pretty reliable. All people that you could be like, all right, if they were flung into the game, maybe apart from Keller and Kwanzaa at this point, but if they were all brought on in the game, you'd be like, all right, this is at least somewhat like for like or a different dimension added into the yep. team. Um, what are your thoughts on that, um, Manny? Yeah, man, it's just good that you brought up the point of the bench because the bench was the main thing that stood out to me. When I saw the two teams, I think I pretty much expected uh, the lineups from our point of view. Obviously, as you mentioned there, there was a couple of positions that were touch and go between who was going to get the nod but I think obviously with the hindsight as well I think we picked the right team to go about it so I don't think there was any issue from my part on the teams that we, we selected the benches where I did think that we it did kind of make me feel a bit more positive about the game before it started because yeah as you mentioned Man City had them the football manager regents on the bench, man. Like they were having, they had a few kids just some that never heard of before, maybe like a hundred minutes between them in experience. So I knew that Pep, like I've seen in the past, Pep, like he he would shamelessly just not make any subs, man. Like he would let them wait on the bench. Like he'll use the same squad for 90 minutes. So I thought that was going to be a game like today. I knew he weren't going to make any subs. And I thought that whatever way the game was going, um, we did have an advantage on our bench compared to them. So I feel that we were able to change the flow of the game to whatever it was, whereas they kind of played dealt all their cards at the at the very start of the game and just kind of went with that. So I think the actual overall squads it did work in our favour, and it's good that we had the option to change things up because that's what saved us in the end. Absolutely, absolutely, and that, and I'm just going to speak on Man City squad because no, sorry, their lineup because it's pretty interesting. They went with three at the back. Um, Edison in goal, Carl Walker, right centre back, Diaz, um, centre back, Nathan Ake, a midfield two. Sorry, uh, I would say, yeah, midfield two of Rodri, Akanji, and Akanji. Yeah. I think Akanji was probably inverting on that left hand side a bit. Mm. Uh, if if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be a bit, oh, I'm sorry, Ake was invert was on that left hand side a bit, Akanji coming into centre back a bit. Um, and they had that four behind Haaland, which was interesting. Phil, uh, Phil Foden, Alvarez, Bernardo Silva, Doku. And Hallen up top. Um, going into the first half, um, I, just, I just want to get into the game now. How do you think City fared in that first half? Because I know we love to speak about Liverpool, but let's be honest, man. Like 
when they when we're at their Etihad, we need to be thinking about City more. Yeah. Um, with, with that lineup, how do you think? How do you guys think we we done? This is pre open. This opens anyone to answer. Yeah. I don't think personally. I I don't think City were all that. I think they were they were good. They were good as they usually are, as like their general City standard, and they do the things that you expect from them. But I think that actually when the game started they started off okay and they were kind of pushing us in a bit but we started off pretty well as well and we were kind of getting uh, a few counter-attacks in and getting onto the ball but then it just the game just went really flat just from kind of really early on the game felt really flat because i think cities obviously well, i was gonna say would you respect but i don't really care cities crowd were absolutely they just weren't really helping them really just you could hear a pin drop but most of the game and that's not even hating or throwing shade um genuinely um the atmosphere felt like a morning game and nobody was really getting the crowd up and it just felt a bit kind of yeah just kind of a bit of a casual atmosphere a bit like friendly like at times and and i think that kind of got to them obviously pep mentioned after the game that he wanted more noise from the fans uh, and i think he could easily tell that the atmosphere was quite flat for them which means that they were that money yes yeah, i was gonna ask do you think also that might link to the fact that you know how you guys were talking about how city had such a limited bench and, and you yourself money thought pep isn't going to make any subs the only mm. way you can make a team last without planning to make any subs is if you keep the intensity low yeah, it would make sense in that sense. I, I would have thought, but then at the same time, I would have thought that you, you know they would just at least try to get a foothold in the game in terms of keeping us penned back and like kind of having a bit more. I don't know tangible chances. I I feel like I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I feel like they didn't really, despite their possession, Allison didn't really have many saves to make. Obviously, the goal was a mistake. I mean, Allison himself goal. in trouble to make a save for that. <laughs> yeah, trust me. That was actually that was actually that was actually one of um, my main points about the first half was that Allison was moving bookie that mm. first half. I don't know what. That, I don't know. Know. Once a quarter. Yeah, basically. he has yeah, one quarter. And the thing is with Allison, it's like he has a stinker, and in that stinker, he gets injured. Which he apparently did, which I which actually annoys me. It's like he plays whack, he gets a hamstring injury or a calf injury or something like that, and you're like, bro, like what happened? But we won't get into that <laughs> just yet because um I want I want Mus to go into the first half a bit more. What what was you thinking of City and how they approached that first half? Um, I, I think I agree with a lot with what Manny said in terms of intensity. It was definitely tangible in, in the ground. I think the the other thing was I, I think <laughs> I was trying to make sense of this, but like I thought, I thought Liverpool were really poor in terms mm. of having a shape that didn't let City pass through. So what mm. I mean by that, and, and I think even Ian Wright highlighted it on Match of the Day, like it was really easy for those four that you said playing behind Haaland, so your Alvarez's and Bernardo's, to either pick the ball up or flick it around the corner, and suddenly City have turned us round where they're, they're coming up against our defence. I think what we're quite lucky with was that City lacked a lot of good decision-making or quality in the final third, such that we didn't punish them. But I, I don't think we did well to plug the holes in midfield. What I would say is, defensively, we, mm. we did a fantastic job. And that's and I really want to make a point of saying that's Simicast included. I don't, yeah, think that game, I don't think that throughout that game, at any point, did Simicast find himself out of position, find himself making him making a bad choice, um, both offensively and defensively. 
And I think that really helped as a unit. Like, I know there's been a big discussion, even on the Touchline main pod, about how did Trent actually play? But there's a big difference between you doing the right things and a very talented winger getting past you versus you making life easy for him by doing lots of the wrong things. So I think the, the big thing was for me was that I felt structurally the midfield didn't look great. Um, and that wasn't to do with, oh, McAllister can't tackle or blah, blah. It was just, mm. it felt like we were so spread out and City were able to keep pushing through. But our defence was a complete wall um, on Saturday. And that, that was really positive. And I think that's how that first half played out. Um, I'm sure we can touch on it. I, I don't know how you boys felt, but I felt that Liverpool in possession, we did some really cool things like, you know, someone mm-hmm. like Trent would pick it up and within two passes round the corner, whether it's a Jota, whether it's someone else, we would be in to the final third in the channel or something. And it was super disappointing what we did with it. But I actually don't think yeah. we were poor in possession. The game plan was fine. It was just yeah. that decisive final third thing that both teams were suffering from. Do, yeah. do you know who I want to do you know who I want to give a big shout out, especially um, before we could be while we're talking about the first half? I think McAllister had a pretty good game on 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 Saturday. Mm. I think um, fantastic, honestly. Yeah, because I, I think, yeah, I think against a team like Man City, um, those kind of midfield suit him better. Where he's actually, um, it's a technical battle, not a physical yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's and I think word in it. McAllister was able to get the ball in nice areas, be, being able to do nice things with it in that first half, and. Of course, we we're going to keep saying he's not a six. He's not a six. He's not a six. But in games like those where the 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 the, the combative side of being a six isn't really as important um, in a in a te- in a highly technical midfield midfield battle, I, I I I'm I was pretty impressed with him. I can't lie. I don't know about you. You know, do you know what's one thing that's so brave about him is that like City are playing with these four number ten type players, like you said. So yeah. when he receives the ball he knows that instantly two or three players are going to press me. Right. And he'll, he'll receive it and just put his arms out and shield it until the space appears. And we're all like watching through our fingers, praying that he doesn't lose the ball because then City are in. <laughs> but he was so competent at, at finding a, a way out or winning a free kick. Like, he relieved a lot of pressure for us on Saturday, I felt. Yeah, no, I, to- I want to jump over to that. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I, I was actually quite impressed with... um. McAllister's performance in possession particularly and I think it's games like this like you said Julian that it this this is kind of why Klopp sees that he can play the sixth role because of games like this where he can get on the ball you know he's getting pressed relentlessly um City were pressing with the front five basically uh and yeah it was relentless pressure in terms of their high press so we did well to get out of it in certain occasions I think we actually done well in possession in the first phase. I think that there's can't have any complaints. I think the midfield done well to get out of the pressure uh, and done well to feed the front men or get us up the pitch. But once it got up there, that's where it became a bit of a a bit of a nightmare. Um in terms of McAllister though, as I think I think see we, we speak every week about if he can play the six or not and it looks like Klopp seems pretty set on it. Um I don't I think he can play the six, for example, he can't not play it, but I think now it's just a matter of if we're gonna get the best out of him as a player then is it going to be in the six? I don't think so. And I think it's it's not really fair on the guy that he comes to a new club, he probably wants to settle in, just hit the ground running and just get on with his business and, and do well. But then he's got this massive kind of talking point of his position kind of hanging over him a bit at the moment here. And, you know, every game he plays is kind of a bit under, we're kind of looking at him like if something goes wrong, you're looking, should he play there? I think 
it, it would be better for everybody if he just played in this position, you know. But obviously, we don't have many options right now. But with all things considered, he did he did really well, and I think he's grown into it as well. So I'm, I'm happy for him. And and also, I want to shout out Simakas like that Mush said because obviously a lot of talk was Doku and Trent, for example. And obviously, we can I'm sure that's going to be its own talking point, so we can get onto it. But I think Foden got locked up. To be honest, I think he was yeah. non-existent. And and Foden usually hoops against us, man. That guy usually is the best player for City when he yeah. plays us. So to lock him up like that and not put a foot wrong, I think that's the most impressive Simicast performance since he's joined Liverpool, to be honest. I've got I've got to give um, uh, Simicast a quick shout out, man, because, yeah, I think he was quite... Like, in terms of a high... In terms of high-level games, probably his best game for us. He yeah. looked so comfortable on the ball. Um, I'm not sure... No, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. I was going to say, I'm not sure if it's a game plan of like keeping, getting the ball mostly to Doku's side instead of Foden. That's probably why um, we had the show. But no, nah, I'm not even going to say that because when Foden, when Foden got the ball, Shimikas was pretty relentless in, yeah, man. in kind of locking him down. And he was pretty decent um, offensively as well, um, even though this wasn't the game for that. So yeah, man, shout out Yak, man. Um, you know what I mean? Every time, every time his boys... Yeah. The, yeah, oh, yeah, got to give him the Ws, man. We've got to give him the Ws, man. <laughs> But I've got to give him the W when they appear. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because when Yak rides for a guy, pause like he, 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 yeah, he, he, he's, 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 his support is solid. So hold tight, Yak. For I, for I wanted, I wanted to ask you guys a, I wanted to ask you guys a question though. Yeah, you know how you're saying you, you know, we're saying that Matt played well. Hmm. Genuinely, right? Maybe I'm the one not remembering here. Can either of you in the first half remember our midfield? Any midfielder making a tackle? No, nah, no. I, I, I think I saw. You know, it's crazy. I think it was fine. I think I remember there was one with McAllister where he made the tackle and then lost it like two seconds later. Straight away. But, <laughs> isn't it worrying that an entire half of football away at Manchester City, the best team in the world at the moment, we can't remember our midfield at making? You know, yeah. I don't let, think let, it was for the lack of trying. Though, is anything? I think they were genuinely lost in that first half. Like they were just it was, they went into the cauldron and they were playing against just a superior setup than them right. superior players in terms of a midfield sense and i think that i feel like suppose like for example mama just chasing shadows man like mama doing so much running uh and just not making the ball or just a second too late or just wasn't kind of just up to the speed of the game and curtis out of possession um, he may as well not have played i'll be honest like he just i just didn't see him do nothing so McAllister was the only one that i see that was trying to kind of get those interceptions and those kind of final tackles but i think the midfield as a as a whole um, this was kind of like a, a learning curve for them all, man. This is the toughest test they'll have all season, and it, it proves to be. And and um, yeah, just to just to add on to what Manny said, I, I'm I'm of the same as well. But I'm also a bit, I'm a bit um, I'm a bit reluctant to criticize them, especially in this game, um, mm. or even like uh, or even fixate on the fact that they didn't make too many tackles. Because one thing I've noticed this season, especially, is that we are not gonna we are not gonna win many midfield battles. And that's okay. Um, I think we can control games as much as we can with our midfield uh, in terms of getting on the ball and scoring and also like maintaining the fact that we're not going to concede. But I don't think we're going to win many midfield battles because we don't have that physical profile there yet to make to yeah. make tackles and kind of get us moving along the pitch. And I think that is a necessary sacrifice Klopp has made. Um, and it's something that he has kept in mind that he knows that he's not going to win these midfield battles. So... Those th that those kind of midfield battles, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold too much stock into anymore. You know, um, as crazy as it sounds, from where from where we were last season, 
because I feel like with the way we're playing, there's too much reward um, to focus on the risk. And with how we set up, we can see our intention in the game. Like Curtis Jones, McAllister, and Shabazz, like, not being funny here, but that doesn't sound like a midfield that's going to battle you off the pitch and be and 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 make many tackles and and control that yeah. midfield i i personally don't see it. and with many of our midfield combinations that is the case but uh yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly talk about the goal um and i want to get your opinions on this do you what would you put that goal down to an allison mistake or would you just put it down to great play from Ake and a nice one first time and um, well a nice after the first touch finish from um, Haaland. Trent and Zobo were too flimsy, I think, in terms of on the right-hand side. I think they they let Aki through a bit too easily there, first of all. Alisson rushed the clearance and I'm not going to blame him too much because, let's be honest, he does that nine times out of ten and Salah's through. He just got it wrong that time. It happens. Mm. He slipped. Didn't go out how he, how he expected. But from there, we still had enough back and enough time to prepare to stop that goal from happening so everything that happened from we lost possession was really disappointing and i honestly thought as the game went on wouldn't it be just so sad if that's the game that's what we lose the game on because that would have been a completely unforced error and yeah just really casual defending from sobo and trent and that's not the first time either from those two i think wolves remember when they scored the first goal Similar instance, Neto just walked through the right side, flimsy challenges, and that can't continue, to be fair. That was really disappointing. Yeah, I, I was also going to say, I'm, I'm happy that you've mentioned it, Manny, because I think there's been so much over-analysis of Alisson deciding to do that. Because the point is, it's not like Alisson's done something where the next action is a City shot. Alex, Alison miskicked the ball and the ball has still gone 50 yards away from goal. Yep. You mm. can reset the entire team to prepare for that scenario. And yeah, it's just Trent and Sabozlai. It's, it's Ake on the ball. Do you get what I mean? Like, I get it when Doc, Doku does something special. And... Ake on the ball, so it's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's just, it, it was just so disappointing because Ake didn't do anything special to get into that position. And then after that, I also think there's just there's nothing you can do when a striker is so fine-tuned that his body shape and first touch sets him up to take a shot straight away. Like yeah. the way he receives that ball, bro, he had his back to goal when he asked for it. By the time the ball comes, he's facing the goal and he's he's whipping it in. So yeah, that's that's just the top, top striker at the peak of his powers, man. And and no surprise that that's the goal that gets him to 50 goals in. 48 games honestly. so fair play to me. And, and and you know what I asked I asked those questions um just to kind of be objective and be fair because if you was to ask me I don't blame anyone for that goal um if I was going to be harsh I could say Trent and actually you know what you know what Moshe you're right it is Ake on the boot so it's not nice like why is Trent and she was like getting beaten by Nathan Ake if this was Doku yeah. then maybe fair enough but exactly yeah Maybe I'm being a bit, I was a bit generous there because, yeah, maybe they can do with a bit of criticism um, leading up to that. But the goal happened. I don't know about you guys, but I even tweeted it out loud. I We couldn't be mad with that performance, um, with that first half performance. I wasn't too downtrodden at all. Um, if you ask me, I felt like we performed pretty well in that first half. 
I think oh, we are we going to talk one. about any of our chances? Because I'm interested to know what you guys thought mm. of our actual. Chances. I was gonna, I was gonna literally just gonna get to that. Nunez, the Nunez. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck I can't man. wait to hear your opinion on this, Julian. So go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion because <laughs> oh fucking hell, bro. bro. This guy, yeah. Bro, bro. First half, yeah. Nunez, my god, it's like he doesn't turn on his brain like in certain <laughs> certain games. Ah, oh, fam. <laughs> what brain <laughs> sometimes? <isn't it? laughs> like, oh. So many times he was offside. He had that one, he had that one header, which was all right, I guess. But man, there was that. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if this was in the first or second half, but there was that one chance where Shabosta was like dribbling into the box and Nunez was yeah. just in front of him. Just yeah. first off. Awareness was just like, oh, bro. Yeah. Oh, man, he talked to me, man. I'm getting a headache. I need yeah, aspirin. Bro. Headache. I need aspirin. No, honestly. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, man. at the time, yeah, Nunes, you know, the, the biggest, like, like indication as well, man, it was just, just before Harlan's goal was quite similar to the chance Nunes got as well. And no. if you look at what you mentioned there, Harland, before the ball's come rolling through to him he's literally ready body position set to take the first touch so then his second is ready for him to shoot in one motion like the guy's just so polished in the front in, in, in front of goal that he just Nunes, he's hearing... Nunes bro I'm telling you my man panics bro and that's what I mean like the composure in front of goal and it's something that as I say is what he needs to develop um and it's what we're obviously working with him on um he just didn't sort out his feet quick enough um and he, he needs to be more decisive in those areas. Like against Man City, you're not going to get too many chances like that. So he just didn't sort his feet out quick enough. And yeah, he just ended up taking way too long. And and that's the, the thing with Nunes, you know, like when he's not thinking, doesn't have time to think, when it's a first touch finish or he's just through on goal, has nothing to think about, he's usually all right. But when he has time to think and he has to do things kind of in those moments, it just, it just all kind of goes too much for man. And yeah, he, he obviously... In terms of the big games, you want him to turn up in games like this for us, you know. Obviously, he weren't the only one. I think in terms of the front three, they were all as bad as each other, man. I'll be honest, like, they were all pretty whack, yeah. to be honest. Like, I'm not gonna... Honestly, man, like, Salah got locked up by Ake. Ake was, was really good, to be fair to him. So, I'm not going to say it's all down to Salah, but Salah as well could have had a bit more influence. Jota was just Jota, man. Like, I don't even, do you know what I mean? Like, do you expect anything more from him against Man City? Like, it's just not his game at all. Like, do you know what I mean? A, a game of limited chances, you know, Jota, if there's a chance, he might get on the end of it. But apart from that, Manchester there to chase shadows. So, honestly, between them all, I don't want to single any of them out for particular criticism. But I think I saw... You see a couple, man. Um, was it Robbie Fowler? Was starting to oh, ask the question about in my head. <laughs> bro, bro, I'm telling you, you had to ask the, you had to, un uncomfortable questions, man. Bobby Fowler had to take the front line, man. He's asking the uncomfortable, uncomfortable questions. Man was like, How long can a man be raw for? Do you know what I mean? And and it's it's, it's one of them ones, like, he, he needs to, he does need to pattern up Nunes because some of these things. It can cost us. I'm not going to blame him too much because it's Man City and he's come back from international break where he was banging as well. So I think that's a lot of that comes down to it. I don't think any of the South Americans played well, by the way, apart from McAllister had an OK game. But I think obviously Diaz didn't do anything when he came on personally. Allison had the game, we all know. And yeah, Nunes wasn't great. So maybe jet lag, maybe a bit of preparation issues. But yeah, I think he really had to do better. I, I, well, I, I, I want to give, give my thoughts on this as well because... I don't, I don't know why I've suddenly... 
it's like I've suddenly been told I'm like some kind of Darwin Nunes critic. I don't know why this is. We like we should be allowed to criticize our players unless they are scoring fifty goals in forty eight games, right? So with, with, with Darwin Nunes and the experience, you're either all in or nothing. There's there's yeah. no in between. There's no yeah. there's no in between. That's 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 it. And like. that's just, that's just where we are with Nunes. You're either all in or it's nothing. No criticism at all. But yeah, man, I'm sorry, sorry for interrupting. He, no, I'm, no, I'm no. Don't be, man. I, I'm like I said. We all we all experience the Darwin experience, and then we recover from it. That's the way it works. But <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those where I think what what you guys have talked about with like the offsides and stuff like that. I have a genuine belief that Darwin Nunes knows exactly where the goal is in terms of when he needs to hit it. Is his uh, awareness of angles and striking the ball well to get on target is really good. I don't think Darwin has any thought forget idea i don't think he has any thought about what does the picture of the pitch look like around me like whether it's staying on side whether it's mm. where am i compared to my teammates am i taking up someone else's space like he he when when it's like uh, like you guys are talking about in them final third scenarios where it's like high speed and you you need to still be able to think he can't and mm. and i think what what I don't understand is this thing of like it will come, it will come. Why why wouldn't it exist already for someone who's 23, 24 years old? Yeah. Like it's is it's nothing to do with I understand he might be more calm when it comes to taking a chance. That can improve over time and that you can train. But in terms of understanding, he plays football every day, bro. Like he play he trains every day in these scenarios. Mm. So the lack of familiarity for me doesn't doesn't make sense and I think that's what's annoying because I mean I mean I guess it's annoying but the only thing that gives me hope is each part of Darwin's game has improved his hold up now has improved it's not like when Darwin receives the ball we're thinking right I wonder how he's going to lose it he doesn't really lose the ball He 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 doesn't do things wrong there his control is good his aggression is really good it's it's just his link up play is pretty good as well yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's just about for me there's moments, man, like like Julian, you said, it's at the Etihad. There's moments where you're playing against top, top teams where you're not going to get those five chances to yeah. get your goal. It's going to no. be one chance to do one thing right. And the other thing people underestimate about what's frustrating about Darwin is scoring the first goal or scoring an early chance changes the picture of a game. Mm. And because Darwin almost never scores his first chance or second chance, we never get the chance to be ahead and yeah. dictate the game. Instead, right. we're praying that eventually comes together by within an hour or within 45 minutes, you know? So I think I think those are things where a top striker, the difference between Darwin and a top, top striker is that they put you in new match states. Harry Kane will score the half chance you give him. Suddenly Bayern were playing badly, but now they're 1-0 up and they've calmed the pitch down. Darwin yeah. doesn't give us the chance to do that. And, and and that's one thing I would say um, with with Darwin Nunes, which as much as I'm all in with him, um, when it starts to affect the team, that's when it really annoys me because I can tell this season and, and there's parts of last season where Salah has our main shooter, record goal scorer in the Premier League, has given up that side of his game to kind of be a playmaker more to, uh, to accommodate Nunes. And yeah. when Nunes isn't exactly 
taking on that role with 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 both hands and 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 holding on to the fact that he's that goal scorer and even with games like this and like Luton and like a, and and some other games where he hasn't scored and which could have been the difference between us getting the getting the three points and getting one or maybe even zero that is where there is a problem um and i feel like at man city i'm not going to be as harsh on you as i would have been as as i would have been when he when he performed like that against Luton but it is something where because maybe it's maybe it's my thinking that we're not at that you know we're supposed to be champions kind of expectation yet, but when we are at that level, which is going to be coming around pretty soon, which could even be the season from the way yeah. we performed, that is going to be big for our season, and that is something we really need to not like just be like, well, he's new, well, he doesn't speak English, well, um, he doesn't, you know, he's still getting used to the game. We can't have that because we have things to accomplish and goals to reach. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you guys, yeah, like, I don't even know how to word the question. It's just a thought. Is that, like, with you guys, you know this whole thing of Darwin can become better and Darwin will become more and more important. What do you guys think is the final form of Darwin? The reason why I'm asking you this is because people have this belief of, like, oh, this currently 10 goals are eventually going to become 20. But... <laughs> If a guy is missing from a yard or he's missing open goals, there's no reason why those don't go in now and will suddenly start going in going further in, down yeah. the line. Do, like, do, why, why, why do those numbers suddenly double? Do, do you know? Do you know why? Do you know why people have that hope? Because we've once seen uh, famously Luis Suarez come to the club, and he similarly in his first, and of course he had Ajax before, and his his record at Uruguay to back it up, but. When he was at the club for the first time, he was quite wasteful. I remember those those years between 2011 and 2013, where we was like, where he was like getting charged with missing. He was nutmegging four players, taking on six inside the box, and then hitting the bar. So I don't mind if the thing he's doing is like otherworldly. Darwin is like, we need these things to go in because we're not doing anything else. And also, we're just at a higher level than what we was when Suarez was there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also, for another thing for me is that I'm still holding on to the fact that he's quite young still, um, even mm. for a striker. He's he's not going to be the finished product, especially considering last year we were such we was in such a messed up state that this is his real first full season with us, and yeah. he's been and he's not been he's not been horrible. He's not been, he's been terrible. Good. He's, been, he's been, good. been good. But we just need that extra refinement in his game for us to reach where we need to reach which is the top of the pinnacle and I think yeah. at this point it's it's it'll, it'll be too much to ask for him because personally I feel like the, the money we spend on him is still a big it's an investment for the future it's not for now and I, I don't know I just have that hope that and it's more hope than it is um, yeah. actual analysis that <laughs> we all come together like it has to yeah. like it has to that's, that's, that's where I'm yeah. at now. The, the thing is, though, I hear that. Don't you guys think, like, I mean, you guys are you guys are very level-headed, right? I think some Liverpool fans might be a bit deluded. Like, we all like Darwin. I like Darwin a lot. We give oh, the feeling God. the feeling is immeasurable. But I think people lie to themselves about what Darwin is currently producing, which we all say is good. Yeah, is no less than like you can't tell me Darwin's player than playing better than someone like Ollie Watkins at Villa. For example, no, no, he's not. Like, Wilkins has been maybe better. 
Yeah, yeah but, but but at least you guys are in tune with the level. If you asked most Liverpool fans, would you have anyone except Darwin? They'd say, no, how could I ever have a player except Darwin? But he's not performing at a level that justifies you having this Yeah, Darwin I'm waving support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, man. To be honest with me, um, I, I always, I'm always transparent with my, my view on, on Darwin. You know, before he signed... I weren't really that impressed with the player when he played against us or kind of the clips. I weren't really, I weren't really, I weren't really moved. But obviously, once he joined us, I'm I'm happy to get along with it because he's got qualities that will definitely be a real asset to our team now and in the future. The thing with Nunes that I think is it's such a tough one that you ask them, Mish, because there's no guarantee that he becomes the striker we all think he's gonna be. There's absolutely no guarantee. The thing that it is with him is that he is his own worst enemy, I believe. And he's the only thing stopping himself from being Harlan numbers right now. But the thing with that is, it's all down to him, which means that we literally do not know what it will become. Because he, like like you said, Mushia, like the reason Nunes is skying shots from two yards out isn't because the guy can't finish. It's because in the key moments, when you need to have a cold blood and, and, and clear head, the guy doesn't. The guy's just got a composure issue. Man just gets too excited. So it's literally a case of them drilling it into his head, calm down, be used to these situations. I think also as well, another thing that improves strikers and forwards especially is the the way that they're training. Um, I think I've, I've, I've spoken to people that play pretty high up in the game as well, and they've told me that night and day in terms of their form changes because, for example, at a certain club, they're doing a lot of attacking scenarios. They're, they're getting used to being in these positions a lot more often. They know what they're going to be doing in these positions a lot more often. Whereas certain clubs who use a different tactical style might prioritise other things in terms of that and maybe just leave the attacking play for the match day to you guys to freestyle and use your imagination. So I think Liverpool are more of the repetition, repetition kind. Um, and they'll be having him repeatedly doing these scenarios, attacking situations with the other front three as well. Uh, and that's where they're going to just try and get him more familiar with certain situations and also drilling it into his head to calm down and pick your spot. And then just hoping over time, repetition, obviously with repetition, everything you kind of improve, isn't it? So that's what our biggest hope is going to have to be for Nunes is that the penny just drops for him. Uh, and in certain situations, the guy will just calm himself down because Klopp isn't, Klopp can't score goals for my man. Do you know what I mean? Like as much training as we can do, like it's down to him to put the ball in the in the in the net at the end of the day. And you can take the what's the saying? You can take the person to water, but you can't get them to start. Do you know what I mean? Do whatever they need to do. So, um, Nunes just needs to work on it from himself, from a personal point of view. Just needs to work on his composure. And I'm telling you, he's got harder numbers in him. I believe. Genuinely, I, I don't even rate him at the start, but watching him, I think he definitely has. 20 plus 30 goals in him. He just needs to calm himself down and, and bury more chances. But it's easier said than done. But that's what he's got to work on. The, the, the thing is, though, he's got both Haaland. I think the way it will kind of manifest in the years ahead is that he'll have Haaland numbers and McBurney numbers all in one. <laughs> so there, will be, there will be 10 and 10, 10 goals in 10 games. And the next one will be one in 10. Uh, in 10 I, yeah. I can you, see you, that. Do you, do you know what the overall vision for me is for Nunes? And I think this is where I think he can get to his level. Um, Cavani, um, he, I know obviously they're both Uruguayan and they both get mentioned in the same, um, same sentence because of their movement. Cavani's but Cavani, high level though, bro. 
I, I, that is that is like my optimum for Nunes because Cavani even at the at his best was quite wasteful at the top level, like quite mm. wasteful. But the True. one thing that the one thing that put him above most strikers was the fact that he was relentlessly always in those in those situations yeah, to get yeah. to get those chances, so he's able to miss in the first place. So for me, that is for me Nunes's optimum level, like someone that is fairly wasteful notoriously wasteful but because they're in those they're in they're, they're in those attacking scenarios so much because of their movement and because of their because of their desire to get to get to the ball they may find themselves on the end of like a 20 30 goal season i i think also like i i think i mentioned it in the cop end group what's what set me free with Darwin, which helps me love him without being angry? Set you free. <laughs> well, honestly, when I, when I explain it, you'll understand why. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what what honestly, what has set me free in terms of only being able to love Darwin and not and not being annoyed anymore is that I think now I'm at this place with Darwin where I am honest with his level. So the way yeah. I see Darwin isn't that he's above the other attackers we have. Yeah. He, there will be periods similar to how Jota is, where Jota is either the flavor of the month or he's the worst thing we have. And there will be a, a 10 to 15 game period where Darwin will, the whole club, he'll be carrying the franchise. And there will be another 15 games where he will stink it out. And thankfully, we have other players who can yeah. come in. And when he's off form, it will be time for them to be off form. And I think what that's what Klopp's done really well is rather than praying that his 30, 40 goal a season player stays fit. He has four or five 15 to 20 goal a season players who will all have their moment during the season. And I see Darwin as yep. part of that rather than being above it. Facts. 100%. And, what, and what Klopp needs to do is not take him out of the team. Um, I don't want, and as much as he was not the best at City, I don't want to see. Gakpo starting over him. I think we he need. He wasn't to... bad. He wasn't bad against. No, 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 no. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not that. Gak, it's not that Gakpo is 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 was terrible. It's just that Nunes has to. He has to stamp his place like as number one, and we have to actually assess him as someone where we start him week in week out, not as yeah, yeah. someone we're going to take out this week because ah uh, he had a he, he didn't he didn't score against Man City. Nah, you need to keep him. You need to keep him on, and he has to get the hook of it or. Where it gets to the point where we're at the point where there's diminishing returns and we're getting nothing from this, then that's when we can consider. But I think we need to really stick with Nunes up front, keep him as our number nine. Um, so going into the second half now, speaking of our, our attacking options, because God, I forgot we're still <laughs> analyzing the game. Yeah, we're still, we're still in the game, guys. We haven't even got to the, uh, the, the fact that we scored yet. <laughs> so, second half, um, so I think the game, um, second half started off pretty, pretty tepid, it was, it was fine. Um, I'm just going to mm. skip straight to the subs, which happened around um, the ninth minute of the of the second half. Uh, of course, Diego Jota, a kebab man, had to come off for Luis Diaz, <laughs> and Curtis Jones had to come off for Gra- Gravenberch uh, on the 54th minute. Now, yep. I wanted to talk about Curtis Jones, but I think I want to go past it because that was his first game in a while, and I feel like he was very relaxed and very lele. Um, and it, maybe the impact came, and maybe I'm highlighting this because of the fact that Grovenberg's impact was quite good in the game. I feel he's like he such a rhythm good. player, though, isn't it? Curtis. Like, Curtis is the kind of player where we always, I, I'm probably number one at this, I'll have a moan about Curtis mm. because I never give him the courtesy of having five games to get into rhythm. And the moment he's in rhythm, he looks like our best midfielder. Really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think, yeah, that, I'm just speaking on my lack of patience with him, which is unfair. Yeah, I think I, I think Curtis was fairly disappointing overall, and he by no means had a good game at all. But I do think sometimes when he has a bad game, you know, he gets the brunt of it a bit worse than some other players, you know, because people yeah. are kind of waiting to be proved right that he can't make it at Liverpool, certain kind of things, I think. But yeah, I think it just went the game for him. I think he's just coming back from an injury. Um, sometimes the way Curtis is, the way he's quite casual and keeps onto the ball for quite a bit, I think in certain um, situations, it's actually helpful for us because we can't just be launching the ball forward mm. all the time. It's good to have the odd player that can slow the game down and keep possession. But I think he just took that to a different level against Man City and he just took too long on the ball on certain occasions where they're pressing relentlessly. So, yeah, that had to change and, yeah, Graven Birch coming on was actually what we needed in the game. So, it's actually interesting. I'm thinking in hindsight, would we have started a bit better with Graven Birch or did Graven Birch coming on when he did allow us to kind of change the flow? I don't know. I'm with the latter, you know, because I think if we started... Because one thing that, that he gets criticised for but is actually a pretty good attribute to have is that, as you mentioned, what Curtis, when Curtis people say, oh, he's too relaxed on the ball, he doesn't, he take, oh, he takes too many touches before he passes. Someone passed needs to be. So, yeah, it's, it, exactly, exactly what I was going to say. Someone needs to, someone be, has to be because mm-hmm. not, not, someone has to be because I'm not being funny, but I love Shabostai, but he's a, he is very action, action heavy, um, yep. where he will kind of get the ball out of his feet as soon as possible. And also Gravenberch, he's kind of action. He's kind of an action-packed midfielder as well, which is part of their game. But sometimes you do need that midfielder that's going to take, especially at some of that city where we can, where we need control as much as we can, get 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 the ball, calm it down, like actually scan the pitch and make a pass instead of just getting it out and then just loosely. Because even even during the game, we even saw there were times where we were trying to do those. Even though it worked a few times, there were times where we were trying to play it out fast. And then we just end up losing it at the halfway line anyway. So like, yeah, yeah like for me, everyone needs to kind of cool off on the on the the Jones criticisms a bit. I think it's a bit like like coming from me, someone that loves to criticize players. Like I think it, it does come up come off a bit like disingenuous. What at a times. statement that is! <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, I'm a changed man. I'm a, listen, Mush. You know me. Last season and the seasons before, I was a very, very, very angry Rock person. So yeah. Um, I'm a changed man, man. I'm a changed man, you know. Our, our team started showing intent and, I, and I've, I've measured my expectations. This is the squad that we need. Uh, moving on from the from the substitutes, because this is probably the, the main, I would say the main feast of the second half. And that was Mr. Jeremy Doku versus Mr. Trent Alexander-Arnold, fresh mm. with the new Predators. You know what I mean? <sighs> now... I was fighting the good fight on on the the the, the, the app called Twitter slash X, and I was trying to fight my hardest to kind of to to kind of put my point across that Trent was not cooked in that game. But I saw the highlights, bros. <laughs> you can't hide, man. You can run, but you can't hide. Bro. I saw the highlights, man. Ah, <laughs> It is what it is, man. It is what it is, bruv. Every enough, enough right backs this year are going to get cooked by Doku. Let's get it straight. Like, enough yeah, right yeah. backs are going to get cooked by Doku. And we all would have put a bet on before the game that 1v1, if Doku faces up Trent, he's going to get cooked. Because obviously, first of all, straight off the bat, it's a, phys- it's a physical mismatch. Like, Doku is stronger, faster, more athletic in every aspect. Like, there's just nothing to suggest that Trent should be able to handle the guy one-on-one. 
all he has to do is merely just knock the ball past him. He's already past him. So that's probably where majority of dribbles come through. In terms of how we dealt with him, I think I think we all accepted, even Liverpool would know, they're not deluded, that if Doku faces up Trent 1v1, more often than not, he's going to get past him. So now it's not about thinking about what you can't control. It's about what happens after that. So once Doku is past Trent, how do we react as a team? And that's why I think we've done really well. And it's why Doku didn't really... He did create things, but not really clear-cut things. Because when... Obviously, City, with the way they like to play, is that obviously they overload, overload one side. And then as soon as there's space on the other flank, they'll ping it over to them. They've now got a 1v1. And that's why they buy the wingers that they have. Because 1v1, they should usually kind of do the business. What they done, they kept doing that and kept getting it out to Doku versus Trent 1v1. And Trent... Every time it came to a standoff, Doku went past him, which I personally wasn't mad with because I understand that that's what it is. What Trent had control over wasn't if he tackled Doku, it's either you show him down the line or you show him inside. And obviously through showing him down the line, he now has Van Dijk, Matip and all the other team kind of coming back now so they can deal with any crosses across the books. Um, obviously on certain occasions, Salah would come back so Bozla would come back and, and they'll triple up on Doku, which is the only way to defend him, really. Um, every time City manoeuvred it how they wanted and it got out to Doku 1v1, Trent was beaten. And I think there's nothing we could really do about that. So I, I don't want to, I don't think he should be blamed really for not being a 1v1 demon against Doku, man. Like, we know that's not what Trent is. We know that he's not going to just get faster and stronger overnight. He just had to be clever with it. And I actually think that. One thing that people forget about is that, right, there's a 1v1 aspect of defending, but how many, what about the times where the ball was coming across on a diag and Trent intercepted it before he even got to Doku? Most people ball recoveries in the game. Exactly, exactly, do you know what I mean? And I think these their ones are most important. Prevention is better than cure. Like, instead of waiting for the ball to get to Doku and trying to defend him 1v1, which is nigh on impossible, it's about how could you prevent the ball from getting to him? How do you actually defend once Doku's gone past you? How do you react? And I think we've done that brilliantly. And Trent had a, a decent enough game. I don't think there's no shame in being skinned by Doku a few times. Like, it happens to everyone. It's part of the uh, job, man. It's part of the job. And that's what I think people forget, that being a right-back and coming up against uh, an immensely talented winger where you're not... I'm not going to say you're at a disadvantage, but, for example, you make the wrong tackle, that's a foul. You mm. you be on a, you, You're on a yellow card if you make that wrong tackle and you make another... And, and you more than likely are up against someone that can give you another yellow card, that's another red card. And that's your team down to to, to, ten, to 10 men. You right. you, you, you don't, um, for example, I feel like Trent, if I'm going to be honest, did get touched um, because Doku's naturally like, he's an amazing winger. And you, we've yeah. seen videos of him saying literally like, bro, he was telling coaches when he was like 14 years old, like, fam, I want to give like the left back, I want him to hate me. Like, I want him to... <laughs> Like that's that's his vibe. That's he's he's just on straight violence. But, but when you're up against someone like that, you you can only do what you can do. And that's again the one thing that I think annoys us about Trent when it when it does come to those scenarios is his positional awareness and his and his desire to actually go into those duels yeah. and application. Yeah, uh, yeah. And when he does have a bad game, that is when we call it out. But I don't think this was uh, Mush. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you um speak on it. Um, what was your um overall assessment of Trent's game? And the Trent versus local battle, basically. Yeah, I, I think, do you know what? Right at the start of the pod, when I think it was you, Julian, who mentioned the Wolves game, I think actually this is a great comparison point to 
how we can assess this game versus Doku, right? Because when we watched the Wolves game away, it felt like every time Pedro Neto had isolated, it was Joe Gomez at the time playing at right back, you felt like if Pedro Neto beats Joe Gomez, the rest of the team is not set and Wolves might score. Whereas what it felt like yesterday was a very intentional shape and intentionally getting set for Liverpool of like, basically like precautions, like cool. Number one line of defence is Trent trying to tackle Doku. If Doku isn't going to tackle him, I looked at the rest of the pitch behind him and I thought, okay, well, Matip looks ready. Or McAllister's in a place where if Doku cuts inside, he's ready to cover that. Van Dijk is covering the post really well if the cross comes in. So it just felt like Liverpool had almost set themselves up that if Doku does get the better of Trent, the rest of the team will not suffer. Exactly. And, And I thought that was, for me, the more relieving part. There's no harm in the best passing right back probably to exist in football to to not be great defensively. That's not a problem. But it felt like every time Trent was waiting for Doku one-on-one, it was in areas where Trent was happy for Doku to get past him. It was never one of those where like, you know, sometimes a fullback's defending against a winger and he keeps backing away, backing away. And suddenly it went from a one-on-one situation 30 yards away from goal to now you've let him in the box without engaging. It felt like Trent, Trent's, everything Trent did was very intentional. It's just there's times when you come up against someone that talented, you're just not going to stop it all the time. Yep. So I'm happy that even though Doku got past Trent so many times, it wasn't the defining duel of the game, if that makes sense. It didn't cost the result or anything like that. So I'm fine with that. And and you asked about how Trent played overall. I mean, some of the passes, there were a yeah. few left-footed ones where he kind of came inside. I think one thing Trent has improved vastly this season, which didn't really exist in his game until until this year, he gets past people a lot. Yeah, started, true. Yeah. yeah, he now dribbles past people. If he's stuck a bit, before it's like, God, if he can't find a pass out, he's going to lose the ball. But now drops a shoulder, you can see he's put some weight on in his shoulders and, and he looks a lot, you know, put some muscle on now, obviously get hit in 24, 25. He can now beat a person and, and burst into a new place um, of space. So it was almost like Trent didn't get the better of Doku, but by no means had a bad game. And then um, obviously that will go on to the goal, I'm sure. I was, yeah. So leading up to what you were speaking of, the Doku, it actually, funny enough, our goal started from a Doku dribble. Um, Allison made a great save um, to deny to deny Haaland from a from a Doku um, cross or short pass, and then from then Gravenberch was able to take the ball, take yeah, it wide, done. Rodri, yeah, um, that was good. Just good play. Moments like that, we are like proper midfielder, like hold, held on to the ball, driven, driven. Uh, sorry, drove with it. Then Luis Diaz was on the edge of the box, was was holding on to the ball, made a quick made a cross to across to Salah. Salah it, was terrible, it was a terrible cross though. Let, no, let's terrible. Just, it needed I'm, I'm, to be terrible. It actually needed to be. That's why he made the goal, funny enough. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to call it a pass. He made a nice pass to Salah <laughs> and, and 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 then Trent just literally came in into, into that inverted role from the middle, got the ball, scored. Now, yeah. why didn't Doku win that duel, huh? You know what I mean? That's like, where, where, where was Doku for that one? Where was he? Where was he? Why was he not winning that? That, that, take <laughs> no, but no, I'm, I'm not going to be shameless, but um, <laughs> I think. Yeah, Shabosla yeah. coming off and Gapa coming on gave us that extra need for a midfielder. Um, yeah. Because I think 
during the game, Trent was playing pretty wide. He wasn't doing the inverted stuff in the first half and maybe parts of the second half. And then as soon as Shabosla came off, that's when our game plan kind of changed. And Trent, man, he got his lick back. He got his lick back. Like for the whole game, I would say for a good like 70 minutes, everyone's saying, oh, Trent's getting cooked. Da, 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 da. Silenced everyone in the best way possible with an equalizer. Um, Manny, that just talks to me how that goal, signs yeah, of what? Brother, that was signs of mate Gerard. Mate, I'm telling you, that Trent is the guy, man. That that kid, he's he he really is the guy, man. Really enough, like it was a good point Mish made. Like you can see little improvements to his game, like a few more bows that he had that he didn't have before, like a bit of quick feet in the midfield areas, like bursting away from a few players, uh, and yeah, beating players with 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 some dribbling as well as with the passing. Uh, and yeah, that goal, man, was. Oh, amazing, man. The first touch, first of all, to set it up. He set it up, right? So that literally the second movement after the touch was literally just him winding up to, mm. to power drive into the bottom corner. And it was literally in the corner before the keeper could even react. And I'm telling you, edge of the box, man. Like, you wanting your dangerous players to, to come through and be in those dangerous positions. And this is the, buzz, um, the benefit of playing Trent in the inverted fullback role now. Because he's so good in the wide positions, but then he's also so deadly from these central positions for shooting and even just the passing as well. And and Klopp even said it himself. Obviously, I think he's perfectly... He used to be like, oh, why would you play Trent midfield? Like, don't do that, blah, blah. But I think he's finding it that he now sees that Trent is capable of playing midfield. And maybe in another scenario, he would play him in midfield. But it's also nice to have the flexibility that he can also drift off to right back and do things from the wing and crosses and still have the pitch open to him like he has before. So this is giving him a really nice hybrid at the moment. And I think it's a really big, big plus for us that we can get Trent in and around the box because the guy's quality from shooting is an absolute joke. And he didn't get enough chances to do it before he was playing in this inverted role. Now we actually see him popping up around the box. And in terms of ball striking, I think it goes to Bozlai. And then after that is Trent for shooting, you know. So if he can get him up and around the third, final third, then he's gonna he can get obviously quite a few more goals as well as his assists. I was also gonna say with that first touch, it's very rare for a player to kind of be confident enough. He's touched it with the outside of foot in a way that kind of flicks it up a bit, so that the shot can be a half volley where you generate more power than if it's just a shot against the floor or stuck between your feet and you're digging it out. Like, you can see the way he's controlled that ball is very intentional, such that the next action is a shot. And yeah, that is, is everything Manny said is spot on. Like, th this is a player that, in those kinds of scenarios, th there's very few that are better. It's, it's just like a, a masterclass in, in being making sure you... You strike the ball well. It's such an easy thing to say. We all say that throwaway line of, oh, they're professional footballers. You know, they kick a ball every day. But why don't professional footballers execute shots well? Why don't they execute yep. crosses well? It's hard to do that when you're panting and you've run 11 kilometres to get to that moment. And and it's, it's, it's players like Trent, when you're dependent on your technique, it never leaves you, man. It never leaves you. This is why your Modric, Modric's and Cruises cook us every year, bro. It doesn't matter how many <laughs> years pass. That kind of stuff stays with you. So I'm glad that we've got a player like that who, who will also always have that technical base. Absolutely, man. And another player that we're glad to have is, and I think it's flown under the radar, is, of course, Mo Salah. 
um, every week we we kind of say something, but I want to give you guys an interesting stat. Mo Salah has been directly involved in 17 goals, 17 goals across his 19 appearances against Man City. That's the most goal. That's the team that he's mostly been directly invo- involved in goals against since he joined Liverpool. That's 17. Crazy. He's been involved in 17 I'm goals in 19 appearances. 11 goals, six assists. Julian, to enhance your statistic there, I actually was just out of my own curiosity about a day or two ago. I uh, I was look I was looking at Mo Salah's club record, right? Um, mm. In terms of who he's got his best goal scoring against. And all I can say is in the top six, seven clubs that he's got a goal-scoring record against, five of them are top six clubs out of that top seven. Yep. And, 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 I, and I can imagine he loves Manchester. No, you know? Number one number one is Man United. Number two is Man City. <laughs> number three is Tottenham. <laughs> number four, I can't remember who. And then number five Arsenal. is Arsenal, no. I think. So, I mean... And, and this isn't a, a send up for anyone, but like even players as good as your Henri's and Ronaldo's, like there are plenty of Everton's and Aston Villas and stuff filling out that list. Most Salah's <laughs> list is like the more difficult the opponent, the more he rises it, man. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And it goes under the radar, man, because even his assist, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, because I didn't even notice it because he does it every week. But my God, man, he is so consistent for us. It's an absolute joke. Like, Ah, Mohamed Salah, the Egyptian king. Um, but that's the game, really. Um, can't lie. I'm, I'm, I, I think we can, we can all say we're pretty happy with the result. Um, that sure. result takes us to 28 points. Um, keep City on 29, one point above us. Um, and Arsenal on 30 after their win at Brentford. Guys, a whole new midfield, a whole new season. Is there a whole new bunch of expectations for you, or talk to me, man? No, I think it's uh, it's just more of the same, man. I think we're gonna round up on the city game. Is we definitely take the point. We'd have taken it before the game. The only one disappointing thing is that I feel that we could have won if we played a bit better. But mm. as I say, the I, think, I think you're being harsh. I think you're being harsh, man. man. If, I think I'm, with money. I'm with money. Here. I think we, that, was, that game was for the taking there, bro. I feel like there was something you there should. for us. But at the same time, we also had our own things to deal with. So a, a draw is a fair result. And I won't I won't be greedy, you know. I would have taken it beforehand. I'm still taking it now. This is the, this the greed that the Bible's talking about, Manny, man. And a winner at, at yeah. the ETA that we haven't got since like 2015, bruv. Come on, man. Do you know one thing that I did find disappointing was, and and look, when he's good, he's he's fantastic. But I thought, Diaz absolutely stank when he came on. Like didn't do, didn't do anything. Didn't do anything right. There was a moment he could have put Salah in with that one ball over the top to him. Ended up hitting the referee instead, which happens about three times a season. Um, and yeah, and then <laughs> at the end, at the end when Gravenberch clipped him into the box, like take your time, take it down, then decide what you're gonna do. My man just ballooned a header into Edison's hands, like. I just think where Gravenberch added so much quality when he came on, Diaz was just, you know, my brother, he's playing, this guy is playing against us performance. <laughs> there's, one thing, there's one thing I'll say about Diaz, yeah, and this is where Liverpool fans are like, need to understand why Jota starts sometimes, is that when you need a goal and like you need a goal, yeah, I can generally get why, for example, where, and in the game like Man City, where we're not going to have a lot of the ball, 
where someone like Jota will start. Because I swear to God, yeah, if Diaz started at the Etihad, regardless if he had international break or not, that was not going to be the game for him. Because a game where we have minimal time on the ball and someone, I'm not going to say Diaz likes to dilly-dally on the ball, but he's someone that likes to take a couple touches, likes to yeah, do his thing. On the, that can get mad frustrating when we don't have time. And we need, and also we need that killer instinct, which I don't think he's shown at Liverpool yet in terms of in front of goal. So to, to what Mush said, yeah, like it's it's performances like that when Diaz comes on where I'm like, I see why Klopp didn't start you in this game because you're you're just it's just it's just not for you. It's just it's just not. I don't know yeah. how you guys feel about that. I don't know, it's weird. I don't know, but with Diaz, I, I feel like I feel like I agree with that as well, but then also Diaz really play well off the bench either. I don't feel like I've seen yeah. apart from I've, I've got one game in my head when he came on in the Champions League last season, no, two seasons ago, where he flipped the game when it's head and mm. against Luton he scored the goal. But besides that, he wasn't really great to be fair, but no one was. I I, I, I used to think to myself that I feel like Nunes is a is a rhythm player. Like he's one of them guys that he just needs to be in the game, he just needs to be playing, uh, and he just needs to kind of be beating his fullback. But I do agree that I don't think Man City was the game for him. Because Carl Walker, I think both teams' defences were just fantastic. Both back fours mm-hmm. were quality. Their back four, man, was top-notch. Can't can't fault them at all. Carl Walker was Carl Walker in, man. Like, the guy was couldn't get past him one right. bit for both when Jota was on and when Diaz came on. So, I think it's just a matter of, yeah, the game just wasn't for them, man. But, yeah, no, I think we still showed a really good account of ourselves. And we're going to be up there, which is the most important thing. I think we just need to, obviously, survive to the future and plenty of pods and discussions before then. But if we can beat Arsenal, then in terms of, we would have probably played all of the top 10 by then. I think the Arsenal game is the last one. If we I can take a big step. When do we play I Man mean, United? The game before, so we play Man oh, okay. United then Arsenal. Arsenal so the twenty third December, Man United's the twenty seventh. Okay, so the other way around then. So if we can take a big scalp in that case, then we kind of complete half of the season and we're in a great position. We've literally not lost to any of the big big teams apart from Tottenham with the asterisk, asterisk in my opinion. Um, and after that, we've had good results against everyone else. So no, I think it's um in the next few weeks we'll see how this looks. Mush, what about you? How 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 has this result affected uh, your prediction for the season, and has it given you more confidence in 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 what we're planning to do and our goals? Yeah, I, I think that the big thing with the City game is like, you know, it's, it's one of them don't embarrass me in front of my mates kind of game, right? Where like you just mm. uh, you just need to make sure that you look competent, and I yeah. I would argue that if anyone watched that. Liverpool City game, would anyone say that we looked any levels below City? No, not really. No. That, 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 that is one of those games, and of course we we happy about a lot, but you can genuinely see the quality in both sides. Even yeah. if it ended 0-0, I think it's one of those where you can see like this was a high-quality game where both teams were so good it caused a stalemate. Yeah, I, I, and, and I guess I will I will like add context to that, saying both teams were really good defensively especially. I, I think both teams have levels to go up, but both teams had the equal problem of international break. So yeah. with the same level of fatigue, they looked at an equal level. Now, what does that mean for the season? For me, I think I think where we are now in terms of being there or thereabouts with City 
looks like where we will be. I think there won't really be a period where we're more than three or four points away from City and Arsenal. Um, I think the only worry for me is we're probably a lot closer to Arsenal's level. I think whatever City are now, once De Bruyne comes back, City have another level to go up. And that's a crazy level to go up. And we don't... So much, can I give you some some exclusive news while we're recording this pod? Yeah, Um, please. Rodri is receiving medical attention on a knee injury. Oh, okay, Ooh. fair enough. I, I, but, big, I think I think that goes to our point now, right? Like, I think things things are starting to kind of shape up. Everyone's kind of stereotype is appearing in the season. I think Liverpool mm-hmm. are going to be goals, but a lack of solidity. Um, Arsenal look incredible defensively, but have really poor kind of connectivity up top yeah. and City have lots of possession, but are they going to be able to get their key players on the pitch consistently? That's going to be their challenge. So, yeah, man, I, I think nothing's changed for me. I still think we're going to be either the second or third best team in the league, but I think we're a lot closer to Arsenal than we are to City as the season stretches out, if that makes sense. I I, I am of that opinion too. Um, I just want to throw out that I think we're better than Arsenal. Um, those four months of good form is not going to trick me into thinking that they're the finished article yet. But they're doing well. They're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're the finished article, though, Julian. That's why I'm saying it. I think we I both have to develop. I think we're more of the finished article than Arsenal. I'm joking. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'll be honest. I think we've got... At least what we have over Arsenal is that we do have players that have been there and done it. And um, players that have been there and done it is really important. I think... Um, in terms of them in their running, like that was a complete capitulation. Oh, we talking like, about Manny. They've got Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus, Jorginho. Yeah, but they weren't the main shooters, man. I'm not having yeah, that. I'm not having that, bro. Backup dances, bro. Backup dances, bro. I'm telling you, I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> like these men aren't telling no stories, bro. They were telling their stories from the bench when they were watching the they thing. Got going down. Champions League winner. You know what I mean? They know oh, what it. <laughs> they know what it looks like, Manny. You know what I mean? They Mate. got man there. Look, yeah, he can bring his Champions League medal, yeah, to show them in the changing room. Bro, but... at the stadium, man. That was it. No, we have got enough of those, man. The boys <laughs> been 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 using the Champions League, man. These men have done everything, so I think that's helping us out. Van Dijk, man's looking imperious right now, man. Like he's looking like yes. near another Van Dijk of old. Another great performance. So these guys, if they turn up, then they'll they'll pull us through, and the young guys will follow. But Manny, have you noticed how? Angry Van Dyke looks when we concede a goal. See the goals. I, I miss that man. I miss that. He, he used to do that before. We would concede a goal, we'd be like 3 0 up. We concede one goal. Man's cursing everybody. And oh. last season, I weren't seeing that man. Man, just like it's like he lost his appetite, but he's back oh, now. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Last season, you could just see, like, and I, I'm, I'm not on this like got like shade room thing yet, but you could just see, like, he was <laughs> he was <Shade> so <laughs> now because one would say might sound a bit shade roomish, but. I feel like he was so over, like the Hendersons, the Milners, the couple of players that have just been there. He just needed Time. that that burst of energy because even I, I saw it at United. Jada Pinkett statements, man. What the hell is this, man? <laughs> I needed time away, you know what I mean? Like I could see, I could see, I, I could see against Man United, which is the big one. Where when we conceded, he done this thing where he just threw, threw his hands up in the air. He didn't give a shit. Like, he was, like and, more, and, yeah, and he kept doing that throughout the whole season. I like, got to the point where he conceded the goal, and he's like, yes, "Whatever, man." Like, yeah, cool. But now he's got that intensity back. Like you can see, uh, when once we there's a chance and he's conceded, like he's screaming at guys to get in position again. Like he feels yes, that. Yeah. 
that sense of responsibility. And we needed that back, man, because if you ask me, this season can look very good for us. I think we can challenge for the title. Um, just expecting the title will be a bit too much for us at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm with Mushman. Again, second and third is my is my expectation this season. I'm leaning more towards second because as the season progresses, I feel like we're doing a lot better than I thought we would. Um, I, w- I was going to say, Julian, the, the only thing, and, and the reason why I'm saying even second is positive, hmm. looking at the state of Europe right now, bring me the Champions League right now because there's no one who is beating us over two legs in the Champions League. I promise you. It's the, the Champions League winners are losing to Leipzig right now, 2 0. Like, it's. Oh, and I know it's the group, the last game of the group stage, but they are playing the full or two, two one. Sorry, they are playing the full squad. Um, and yeah, it, it's. It, I'm 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 positive about this season. I can't lie. I'm I'm I'm. As the season has gone on more, I feel I feel like we could. There's something good that can come out of this, whether it yeah. be just 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 a response from last season or a young Europa League or even maybe a Premier League. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm just being cheeky here. Who knows? <laughs> but um, I think that is a good place to call it, lads. Um, guys, thank you for joining me today. And to the listeners, thank you for listening in. Um, of course, again, we're always happy to be here every week and we will speak to you soon. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.